0: hey welcome to the faith nfm podcast we appreciate your time today and we encourage you to head on over to FaithNFM.com where you can find the notes for this presentation as well as links to all that's happening around faith assembly our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey well you picked a great Sunday to be here because uh, we're going to talk about money yeah if you're a guest i don't apologize for it but uh... Well, you must… Church must need money. No? Really? You know what? You've been so good. Uh, 2021 was better than 2020. Or 2022 is better than 2021. So, we're, we're just grateful for all you've done. Now, we are going to have a project coming up here in the future of a roof. Um, we, we've been nursing along for a couple of years, and the hurricane just kind of did it end? So, we'll be back. That's another time, another day. We'll talk to you about it. It's going to be a few hundred thousand dollars. So, um, we'll let you know. But here's the thing about money. Money is a heart issue. Money shows what's in your heart. Do you know there's over 2,000 verses in the Bible that talk about money or possessions or riches? That 11 out of the 39 parables Jesus taught had to do with money, that He talked more about money than He did about faith. So God cares about your resources. And here's the thing we have to understand, God owns it all. You and I own none of it. It's all His, right? Okay, a few of you got that. The rest of you, gonna, you're going to have to work with me here. He, we're just a manager. A steward. So we're going to talk about, as a Christian, how can I be a generous giver? Now, the church Christians look at money differently than the rest of the world, correct? We don't look at it the same way. We have a whole other view according to what Scripture teaches us. So we're going to look at that this morning. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 24, give freely and become more wealthy. That's not a principle you find in the world. Be stingy, lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Proverbs 21 verse 26, some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. So we're going to talk about giving because you and I are the managers. Because if you don't manage your money, it will manage you. And so you and I have to understand how this operates. So let's begin. First of all, purpose to enjoy what you have. God gives you everything, you and I, everything for our enjoyment. In other words, be content. Be grateful for what you've got. Because if you're not content with what you have, you won't be content with what you want. And so he tells us, Scripture teaches us, wherever we find ourselves today, I need to enjoy what I've got because God has given it to me for my enjoyment. Ecclesiastes 5.19, it's a good thing to receive wealth from God, the good health to enjoy it. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, that is indeed a gift from God. Ecclesiastes 6.9, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. First Timothy 6.17, teach those who are rich in this world, which by the way is every person in this room, when you, are, when you are compared with what the rest of the world has, you're rich. You're rich. Not to be proud, not to trust in their money which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. And here's how God looks at it. If you're not grateful, enjoying what you've got, God looks at it and goes, why should I give you any more? You're not happy with what you have. Any parent ever did that with their kid? Why should I get you more toys? You're not even playing with what you got, right? So he gives it, why? For our enjoyment, for us to understand. God's given me this, he's blessed me. Rather than me always say, well, you know what? I, I, I know what I've got. If I could just have a little more, if I could just have that, I would be good. If I could just have this, everything would be wonderful. Instead of enjoying where we're at and what we have today. Contentment. It's a secret to your relationship with God. And then this Hebrews passage is just wonderful. 13 verse five don't love money, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you, I will never abandon you." Wow. So, good news today. God says, here, whatever you've got, enjoy it. Don't be guilty about it, just enjoy what God has given to you today. And if you can be content with what you have, God will be in a position where He can give you more. But if you're ungrateful for what you've got, God's wondering, why should He get any more? You don't even like what you've got now. So come to that place where you purpose to enjoy what you have. Secondly, plan your spending. Plan your spending. So that means there's three things. I want to give you three ways to do this, but first let's look at the Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. Think about it. You want to prosper? Do two things. Here's a novel idea. Work for it. I know it's novel, you know, but just, just work for it. And as you work for it, planet. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to operate with it? Hasty shortcuts leads to poverty. Wealth created by a lying tongue is a vanishing mist and a deadly trap. So, you and I live in a world that offers us hasty shortcuts. Impulse buying, easy credit, emotional involvement, all those things lead us to a place where we can get ourselves in deep trouble. So here's what you need to do. According to Proverbs 20, 21, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Now, that's some great advice, isn't it? Okay, I think it is. Now I want you to notice we're going through this, I'm not giving you my opinion, I'm backing this up with what Scripture says, right? Okay. So, that means, first of all, I need to pray about my needs and my wants. Now, that means, I'm gonna, God, here's some things that I need in my life. Jesus said, remember the Lord's Prayer, Father, give us today our daily bread, the needs. But all of us have some wants, don't we? Come on, be honest. You know, uh, new car, new flat screen, new computer, want. So, pray about it. God, here I am, and here's some things going on in my life that I'm looking at. I need this. I'm wanting this. Just be honest with God about it, because you're not going to fool Him, are you? All right. And, And let me just give you a little hint. God wants to meet your needs, but He also wants to, at times, meet your wants. Don't think he's being stingy. So, I pray about it. Secondly, I prioritize my needs and my wants. In other words, I have two sheets of paper. One of them says needs. One of them says wants. Okay, needs. I need to pay my mortgage or my rent. I need to pay my electric bill. I need to pay for my water. I need to pay for this debt that I incurred. I need to pay for that once. I would like to have a new car. I'd like to have a new flat screen. Two lists. Just put them there. Now, you set some goals. This would be called similar to a budget. I know that makes everybody nervous, but it's okay. It's, and it's not how much you earn, it's how much you spend. That's what matters. And you tell your money where to go, rather than wondering where it went. You're in charge, so you prioritize it. And by the way, and I'm going to talk about this a little later, just but I'll throw it in here now, tithing is a need. It's not a want, it's a need. And then you pay your needs first. So before, in these two pieces of paper, before I get to the want side, the need side has to be met. I have to deal with that. Because if I pay my wants first, I won't have money to pay for my needs. Now, that's just a simple financial understanding of things. And so, you come to that place, look, I'm going to enjoy what I've got. Yeah, I've got some wants, but I really like what I have, and God has been good to me and taken care of me. And He's. But here's some things in life. But here's the needs that I have in my life, and I understand what they are, and I know that. Now, in order to do that, you're going to have to perpetually keep good records. In other words, it never ends. You always need to know where you're at and what you've got. Proverbs 27, 23. Know the state of your flocks, That was their job. Know know what they got. How many sheep you have? How's it going? What lambs, what sheep are there? When do I need to do this? Put your heart into caring for your herds. Take care of your business. Riches don't last forever. The crown might not be passed to the next generation. You know where your money goes. You know what you have and what you don't have. Because easy credit plus ignorance equals a catastrophe. And so you and I have to come to that place where I know what my needs are. I know what my wants are. I'll manage that list. I understand it. And you need to know four things to help you manage that. First one, what you owe. These are my bills. That's called my liabilities. I need to know that. What do I owe? Secondly, what you own its my assets. Now, well, I own a car. Oh, you still paying on it? You don't own it yet. You, it's still a liability at times, isn't it? Well, now, if you own it and don't own any money on it, it's an asset, isn't it? So what do I own? Thirdly, what do you earn? That's called your income. How much do I have coming in on a consistent basis that I can depend on? Fourthly, where does it go? Expenditures. Here's my assets, here's my liabilities, here's what I'm making, here's my expenditures. I need to keep good records because, just let me tell you something, God keeps good records. We're told in the Bible that there's a book that he will look at one day. And he will know whose name is written in that book. And that will be the record God has kept. And God knows every penny you've made and every penny you've spent. He knows. He's, He's not a miser. God wants to bless you. God wants to reward you. God wants you to have a good life. He wants you to enjoy it. But there's a principle that has to take place, and it begins with tithing. And so you and I have to practice tithing. Now, just so we're clear as we talk about this, in case you don't know, what's tithe? Well, it's very simple. Go to your phone dictionary or pick up any dictionary you want in the library anyway and look up the word tithing, the definition will be 10%. You cannot tithe 5%, that's not a tithe. Tithe is 10% by definition of the world. And so I practice tithing. Proverbs 3.9, honor the Lord with your wealth. And the best part of everything you produce. God says, look, if I I own it, I want you to manage it, but I don't want you to forget whose it is. It's not your money. It's our money. That's how God operates. I want to give it to you. I want you to use it. I want you to use it to take care of your life and to enjoy your life and what you have. But if you will keep me first, I will take care of you in a way you will not believe. Malachi 3.10, some of you knew, oh, it's coming to that, isn't it? Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that would be the church, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try me. Now, here's a little line. It's the only place in the Bible where God says this, the only place. Put me to the test. In other places, he says, don't test me. In this place, he says, put me to the test try me. You do that, try me to see if I don't take care of you. I bet you. Now, he would never say, I would say, he would never, you know. Okay, just just so we're clear here, you know. Well, pastor, tithing is so Old Testament. Oh, really? How would you like to hear what Jesus said about tithing? Matthew 23, verse 23. Jesus is speaking, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites, you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Now notice what he's saying is, you tithe this and that's great, but that doesn't exempt you from living a life that's godly and right. Now, here's what he says, Jesus speaking, you should tithe. You want to highlight that? Underline it? It's his words. Yes, but don't neglect the more important things. Love people. Care about people. According to statistics, numbers fluctuate a little bit. 90% of people who call themselves Christians do not tithe. How can that be? Well, it's my money. No, it's not. Well, I can do with it what I want. Yeah, you can. But God holds you accountable. Well, it's private. It is. You don't have to tell us what you make. I don't care. I have never looked at what anybody makes or what anybody gives. I don't know. Never have. It's nobody's business. It's not, it's not our business, but it is God's. And God keeps good records. And God knows. Are you enjoying what you have? Are you managing it wisely? Are you using it to do well? And are you putting me first? It's a great question, isn't it? Because whatever you want God to bless, you put Him first in. And the best time to start tithing is when you're in debt. God says, put me first, but I owe this, put me first, I'll help you take care of that. But if you take care of that and don't take care of me, you're on your own. Good luck. And so God says, this is how it operates. This is what I want for you. This is what will determine who are you putting first in your life. Remember I said it's a heart issue? So if you don't tithe, then what you're saying is God is second on my list after my money. And so, you and I have that choice that we get to make between us and God. God says, look, if you put me first, I'll take care of you, I'll give you more. I'll increase your blessings. Now, don't just think finances. Here's something, if you'll take care of me and give me more, I'll take care of you so you don't have huge doctor bills. I'll take care of you so that you have peace in your home. I'll take care of you. I'll bless you. So we give. Now there's 5 types of giving for all Christians. Number 1, the priority giving. Priority giving. In other words, God is first. I will give to him first. Now, I'll answer a question that I always get asked, well, do I tithe on gross or do I tithe on net? I'll answer it, gross. It's your money, you've made it. Just because the government gets a part of it doesn't mean you've cut God out of that. Okay, I'll go on. Aren't you glad you came today? Isn't this great? Yeah, just wonderful. You know, it's amazing to me how many people don't want to talk about something that they have to deal with every day of their life. And how God cares so much about us that He gives us principles to live by that will help us have a better life. And that if we will put them into practice, our life will be the beneficiary of that because it's for our good. And how many people think, I can manage it better than God? So there's priority giving. Secondly, there's percentage giving. Tithe is 10%. Well, pastor, I, I can only give $10. Well, if all you made was $100, bucks, you have given 10%, that's great. A percentage is cut and dried. God doesn't look at amounts. He looks at percentages. So the person who makes $1,000 in a week gives 100 bucks the person who makes $500 in a week gives 50 bucks both have given the same because both have given 10% Does that makes sense so it's percentage giving thirdly it's progressive giving as god blesses me i give a larger percentage because you can't outgive god Anything you give over 10% is called an offering. Well, I gave 10% my, my offering. No, no, that's your tithe. Anything over 10% is an offering. And so as we grow, as God blesses, I want to give more. Because God says what? Give and it'll be given to you. By the measure that you use, by the measure you give, I'll give back. And then you have prompted giving. There have been times in my life when I've been in a service or just, you know, God has spoken to me at some other time and said, I want you to give to this for this. And God prompts you to give. Now, here's the thing. If God knows you're being faithful, isn't it great that He thinks you can give something more? And that when you do that, He says, thank you. I'll take care of you. It's the way it works. And then there's passionate giving. We give cheerfully. I'm going to read it in a moment. God loves a cheerful giver. But He'll take money from a grump. Okay? You give and then work on your attitude, all right? So God loves a cheerful giver. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will barely provide now generously provide all you need and you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to bless others now either that's the truth or the Bible lies and so you and I come to that place where we understand if I give God will take care of me. Now, I am not one who believes, well, if I give, God will bless me with a Rolls Royce and God will give me this and this. That's not the deal. You and I don't give to get. We give because of our love to God and our obedience to Him. And then He takes care of us as we need it. And finally, prepare for the future. Well, I'm just trusting God. Okay. For too many people, they're trusting the government. I don't need to, you don't need to raise a hand, but how many of you think it's a great idea to trust the government to take care of … yeah, okay, all right. So you prepare for the future, stocks, bonds, CDs, 401Ks, mutual funds, savings account. Save according to your comfort level, invest according to your comfort level. Now, please understand something, saving and hoarding are not the same thing. I will save for this, but I'm not hoarding it away because God might prompt me to give. You see, if I think, oh, i got to have this and i got to take this. So all of you know I'm getting ready to retire. Well, you got everything in place? I don't know. I've, I've done as well, I've tried to follow these principles, I've done this, but here's what I know. I don't care how much money I got invested, I don't care how much money is going to happen, God's the one who's going to take care of me. He has taken care of me this far, I mean, I could give you story after story. When I first started this church here, there were weeks when I never got a paycheck. Now with five kids, that's kind of tough. But for somehow, for some way, God took care of us. Isn't that strange? (laughs) No, it's not. No, it's not. God is faithful. God is faithful. So you plan like you're going to live to your 90 or later, but live as if today really matters, and it does. We don't know what the future holds. But I'll do what because savings is not my security. God is. Proverbs 13:11. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Could we say Bitcoin there? Proverbs 6.6, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways, become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer gathering food for the winter. Let me put it to you this way. If you do not have money to tithe or save, you're spending too much. God says, look, lay up your treasures in heaven where rust and moth decay doesn't get them. God keeps those records. I plan for the future. God, I'm going to be faithful to you. You'll not only be faithful here in this life, but you'll be faithful in the next as well. And so here's some things you save for. Purchases. Some things I want to buy. Things maybe off that want list. I save for retirement. It's there. I save for a crisis. A refrigerator breaks down. Anybody ever had a crisis? A water heater goes out. Life is full of crises, is not they? going to happen. You have some money set aside for that. Schooling, for some of you, going to school, going back to school, you save for that. For ministry, God, what can I do to bless others, to take care of others? For missions, what can I do to help that? And so God is the manager of my life. God says, look, here's how we're going to operate. I want you to enjoy what you got. I want to bless you. I want you to have a great life. But here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask for you To put me first. It's all mine anyway. I want you to recognize that by giving me the first part of it. And all throughout the Old Testament, you see Israel, what happened when they had a harvest. The first part of that always went to God, didn't it? And God says, if you do that, I'll take care of you. Well, that's still true today. You put him first, God will take care of you. So the great thing is 10% tithe, 10% saving, live on the 80. And God will stretch that farther than the hundred will go. And so God says, I want you to be first. I want to be the priority of your life. Kind of sums it up in Luke chapter 16, verse 10. If you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? Now, just, this is me. I would rather have the riches of heaven than the riches of the world. But I get the riches of heaven by being faithful with the riches of the world. If you're not faithful with other people's things, who owns it all? Oh, come on, you failed the test already. God, if you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? And here it is. No one, no one can serve two masters. You will hate one, love the other. You'll be devoted to one, despise the other. You cannot serve God. And be enslaved to money if you're not tithing you're enslaved to money you can't love God and do that so the question is a very simple one today do you love God we all can say oh yeah I do your resources your money speaks loud about your love for God so do you need to change you need to make some adjustments. Maybe you're not a Christian. You listen to this, churches, people, all they want is your money. You're already showing you have a disdain for the things of God. And maybe you're here today and you need to make some adjustments in how you live and your priorities in life. Could we take a moment, us and God, God, here I am, here's what I need to do. Maybe it's, I need to be a better manager. I need to start doing this tithing thing. I I need to start being obedient to you as you speak. I need to make sure I'm not chasing after what the world offers and I'm chasing after the things of God. Whatever it might be, would you just, between you and God right now, just talk to Him about that. Lord, we understand that the world always goes contrary to You. In Your Word, the Bible, has very clearly marked out our attitude, our hearts, our management of Your resources of money. Help us not to buy into the world's way. Help us not to have a heart that's devoted to money and wanting more and being greedy in this world and not being generous with you. Because you are the one who gives us life. You have the one who can bless us much more than a million dollars can. You are the one that we should be trusting. You are the one where we put our faith in. And you are the one that we want to obey. So God help us to be faithful with what you've blessed us with in this life to enjoy it to be content with it to manage it well and to make sure that we keep you as the priority through it all may your name be blessed as we love you more than money we thank you for the life you offer to us in thy name we pray Amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.